0: well welcome to another broadcast week here on the bottom line show i'm roger marsh hope you had a wonderful thanksgiving a good time was had by all in the marsh household Um, hopefully it was for you as well was having a little email exchange with my friends at Dr. James Dobson's family talk. And uh, uh, we know that we have uh, people who are listening to family talk on many of our Bottom Line Show affiliates. And uh, Danae Dobson was actually raving about her brother Ryan's turkey. I think that's fantastic that, uh, first of all, that she trusts him to cook for them. <laughs> but secondly, it turned out very delicious. Um, this Today's an interesting day. Today's Cyber Monday, where a lot of people are, you, know, you if you did Thanksgiving with your family and then Friday is Black Friday, and traditionally, it's interesting, Black Friday, I was reading over the weekend, um, had a history of, uh, you know, we, we talk about that's the day that retailers call Black Friday because that's the day that they go into the black for the first time that year. Most of them start their uh, fiscal year on July 1st or maybe October 1st, and there's so much business activity the day after Thanksgiving because people have the day off that um, that's what they typically, uh, you know, they would experience a huge profit more people shopping, and that's the day that the first day they were actually in the black after carrying some losses into the beginning of their fiscal year. Other people, I was reading this part interestingly enough over the weekend. Uh, other people said that the origination of the term Black Friday simply came from the fact that even though Thursday was a holiday, the fourth Thursday in November is officially Thanksgiving Day, federal holiday. So many people would take Friday off that it was just kind of a blackout day at work or at school. <laughs> And so it kind of became a cultural phenomenon. Now I know I've worked for broadcast companies in the years and ministries too, where they said, look, it's Thanksgiving and the day after and other companies where it was, have a great Thursday. We'll see you back here on Friday. So, uh, you know, if you had a four day weekend, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, today being cyber Monday, this is a day when, uh, you know, the black Friday crowds weren't nearly as bad and hotly contested as they have been in the past. But, uh, Um, Cyber Monday because so many people do a lot of their shopping online Uh, my kids were teasing us uh, the ones who came over for Thanksgiving dinner Uh, Lisa had made some purchases and there were some boxes that came from the Amazon driver and they were piled up by the front door and my daughter looked at me and she said Christmas shopping early dad and I said well you know and uh, I don't know if they're listening to this but uh, yeah their presents were in the box I just couldn't tell them (laughs) But anyway, hope you had a wonderful weekend. And of course, with today being Cyber Monday, taking advantage of some great cyber deals. By the way, I would be remiss if I did not point out that tomorrow is a cultural phenomenon called Giving Tuesday. And the thing about Giving Tuesday that makes it so remarkable is the fact that this is, I mean, it's been going on for, I don't know, a decade or so, Um, maybe longer. I don't have the exact date in front, but it's a day when internationally people decided, look, there was Black Friday, shop, shop, shop there's a uh, local business small business Saturday more shopping it's Sunday I don't honestly remember what the Sunday day is but Monday is cyber Monday because the thought was you're back to work but you can buy things online and today you might get a 99 round trip airfare or something like that. you never can tell but then Tuesday that was like okay we've done so much indulging on our own let's make Tuesday giving Tuesday where you support the nonprofit organization of your choice and here in ministry world we love that Um, as a matter of fact any of the ministries that are on air here on any of our bottom line show affiliates nationwide um, and I encourage you to uh, book because there's possibility we may be moving into the southeast of the first of the year you never can't tell not moving to but moving into in addition to what we're doing here but when you think about the programmers like uh, Jay Vernon McGee through the Bible, Greg Harris is a regular here, and Dr. David Jeremiah, and Charles Stanley's ministry, which continues on even though he's been with the Lord now for about a year. Um, those are all ministries that would benefit from Giving Tuesday, and many of them have special opportunities. For example... Um, I mentioned Dr. James Dobson's family talk. They have a uh, a special Giving Tuesday event tomorrow where a donor for the ministry, a major donor, has put up a $75,000 matching gift. So if you'd like to support that ministry, I say that to our Colorado listeners who listen on KLDC, but they flip over to KLTT in the afternoon after Bottom Line's over and listen to uh, Dr. Dobson. Um, your gift will be doubled there. Or when I think about our friends at Preborn, we had a great weekend this weekend. Every Preborn is a part of the community at uh, our sister station, WMUC in Detroit, on a couple of programs there, um, on our Birmingham affiliates here in uh, California with KBRT and also on the National Crawford Roundtable. And this past weekend, I think it's the first time in recent memory that all of the Crawford entities had at least one call or a click uh, we had three different donors to the Bottom Line Show uh, preborn over the weekend, and I'm grateful for those who did. Um, tomorrow is Giving Tuesday, of course, but right now we have a special double match in place thanks to the generosity of a member of the preborn family. And so if you want to give a gift online, uh, go to kbrightradio.com, rogermarsh.com, click on the preborn banner, and your gift is doubled. So we always re- recommend that a $28 donation. Uh, will cover the cost of one ultrasound appointment covers the pregnancy test the ultrasound imaging and you get the pictures of your kid and then a consultation as to what your options are that's all if we make a 28 dollar donation that means that there's one uh, of those uh one of those uh, gifts that uh, uh one of those sessions that's covered and i know like a, when you're looking for a, how do you make a donation um, I, I use the the grandchildren method or the child method if you want to give a one-time gift how many kids how many grandkids do you have multiply that number by 28 and boom that's your one-time donation or in our case we have four grandchildren right now uh, we have two more on the way next year We'll more details on that as they come about but because we have four grandchildren Lisa and I make a monthly contribution to uh, Preborn for $28 per child times four children And there are four screenings that we cover. That's just how we do it. That was what we prayed to do, and that's what God told us to do. So right now, when you make that donation, if you make a donation to Preborn between now, if you want to do it on Giving Tuesday, do it on Giving Tuesday, the gift is doubled. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, B-A-B-Y. Or go to kbrightradio.com, or go to rogermarsh.com, find the preborn banner, click there, and give your best donation. Now, know that this doubling match for preborn is in effect through Thursday, not just a Giving Tuesday thing. But think about it. We had uh, someone who listens to NCR over the weekend, a couple from Spring Valley, who made a donation of $5,000 last week on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. That's doubled to $10,000. And thank you for making that donation. Uh, so, watch your money get. This is the best return on investment you'll ever see. I mean, trust me. Every twenty-eight dollars means another baby has a chance to live. And eighty-five percent of the time, when mom sees the ultrasound, she either chooses to raise the child on her own or with her husband, or to uh, uh, to release that child for adoption. And that first option, raising the child, is huge because statistically, sixty percent of women who get abortions have already given birth before. So they, the, it's a, it's not just the Teenage girl who got pregnant, didn't know what she's doing scenario that we see so often in the media. A lot of times it's mom has a kid or two and says, I don't want another one. I don't want to be pregnant. And this is the way they choose to deal with the pregnancy rather than releasing that child for adoption. Your $28 donation to Preborn born today uh, makes it easier for her to choose life for the child. And it also means that your $28 donation is doubled. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229. Or go to capebrightradio.com and follow the prompts. A week from Thursday will be December 7th. And everybody, when I mention December 7th, if you're in the baby boom generation or Generation X, you say December 7th. And the next thing you say is 1941, a day which will live in infamy. And we think of the famous speech given by President Franklin Delano Roosevelt the day after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. We've got a couple of specialty programs coming your way. One on the 7th a book about the guy who actually instigated the attack. And then uh, my friend Karen Kingsbury is going to join me coming up next to talk about a new book of hers that deals with that. By the way, uh, you know things are bad in the left's line of thinking. When the New York Times editorial board releases an op-ed piece that says, you know how all those people kept saying that school closures during COVID were bad and that kids would suffer learning and we said, no, distance learning is fine and we want to keep everybody safe and 15 days to stop the curve turned into two and a half years? Well, now the New York Times in their editorial last week actually said that the school closures enacted during the pandemic quote, may prove to be the most damaging disruption in the history of American education. They talk about the significant learning losses stemming from keeping, oh, 50 million kids out of the classroom. And they said, here, <laughs> you know, here's what happened. Math scores are down. Reading scores are down. The average child saw their scores for their class drop to the lowest point they've been in two decades. The achievement gap between wealthy kids from wealthy families and kids from not wealthy families has widened to the widest point it ever has been. Now, of course, the New York Times piece said, and and we're going to have these things still as problems unless we get more federal money in the 2024-2025 budget. So it's kind of running cover for the fact that the education institutions want more money from the federal government. But at least they have the courage to acknowledge what we have been saying all along. Masks didn't work, the distancing didn't work, wiping down everything in sight didn't work vaccines turned out to be more harmful than helpful. I mean, psychological benefit, but not necessarily physical. People who get COVID, whether they were vaccinated or not, have long-term health problems to deal with. The vaccine didn't make it any better, by and large. And more and more people are dying in hospitals now who had got the vaccine and then got COVID. But the learning losses, though, the fact that 1% of the population age 65 and up passed away in the first year of COVID, The fact that the average life expectancy dropped by almost three full years during the pandemic and then the fact that even the new york times has to say look this distance learning thing was a colossal disaster i wonder how many kids even know the truth about world war ii (laughs) how many even have any clue maybe just maybe this new novel that hit the market uh, a couple weeks ago will actually help them to get a better understanding of American history. Karen Kingsbury is the author of a brand new book called Just Once. It's a love story about a young woman torn between her affections for two brothers, but the backdrop is World War II. It's one of the most historically based and possibly even controversial novels that Karen's even written. She's going to join me on the other side of this break. We're going to talk about the novel and also because it's Movie Monday, talk about some movie projects Karen's working on as well. That's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services for simply better alternatives. Well, every time we get a chance to have a conversation with Karen Kingsbury, we jump at it because she's got so many different uh, irons in the fire, as they say, proverbially. She's number one New York Times bestselling novelist, Easily America's favorite inspirational storyteller, uh, more than thirty million of her award-winning books are in print, and uh, she's back with a brand new, uh, a brand new book that is just going to be so endearing to people for a lot of different reasons. Especially as we've just had Veterans Day, and now we're coming up on uh, the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. The book is called Just Once. It's a novel set in World War II times, and uh, this is going to be one of those, uh, it's going to be a tearjerker that you're going to love, but it's got a faith component as well. Karen Kingsbury, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show.
2: Thank
3: you so much. It's so good to be back.
0: Well, it's good to have you here, too. You, you had time to write in the middle of the movie productions and everything else that's going on here. How are you keeping? <laughs> how are you keeping your schedule straight these days?
3: <laughs> well, I, you know, this book, I must say, readers have been looking forward to it because it was supposed to be out in spring, but I did get, you know, sidetracked with the movie. Mm-hmm. And so my publisher was very gracious and mm-hmm. here we are. And now the timing I think is uh, is actually, you know, divine because there's there's a there's a theme, at uh, different parts of the story of the fear of war and mm-hmm. I mean we're there. So I you know, I think the timing is perfect. But I got to write it, I wrote it before production, but in terms of like editing it and getting it together, it was it was tough to do. Uh, mm-hmm. While I was filming, for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll bet. Um, Just once, kind of takes you into some different territory. I mean, people are familiar with the body of work that you've done over the years, and now we've got the World War II backdrop. We've got, uh, you know, the, the, you mentioned the war component, and of course, there's a gripping love story that goes along with it. What led you initially to say? This is where I'm feeling, is it a God thing? Is it just your fascination with World War II? What was it about it for you?
3: Well, it's both of those things for sure, but this is a character that was a really minor character with the Baxter family. So back in the day, Herbal Holland was, when I was writing about the Baxters, um, she was in her 80s, and she lived at Sunset Hills Adult Care Home where she had Alzheimer's, and she would you know, wake up in the morning and get very nicely dressed. She would get her peppermint tea. And sit mm-hmm. in the front room and wait for Hank to come back from fishing. Um, mm-hmm. Hank had been gone to heaven for seven years, but Ervil mm-hmm. didn't know that. Every day, she was still waiting, mm-hmm. and uh, and she changed Ashley's life and brought Ashley back to a faith and um, really made an impact. To me, she was like the grandmother I never had, mm-hmm. and it's weird, I know. But you know, when I live with these people that don't really exist, they can become friends. You know, yeah. I become uh-huh. close to them. And so Herbal was, this was, you know, many years ago, I was writing about her and it was her time to pass. And I was in you know, our bedroom and I was sitting in my chair where I like to write. And I'm writing more and more slowly. because I don't want to lose Herbal, but finally she took her last breath. And I had to set my computer down, my laptop down on the floor and just have a good cry over losing mm. Herbal. And right at that moment, my husband came running in, he was out playing ball with the boys and he's looking for a sweatshirt and he stopped like, Karen, what 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 is it? What happened? Why are you so upset? And I said, It just Herbal died. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm like just crying. Mm-hmm. He kind of gets this like really concerned. Look, he goes, Oh no. Herbal, um, do we know her from church or from school? <laughs> <laughs> and I um... shake my head. I, honey, she's in my characters, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of looked at me, like rolled his eyes, like lighthearted, but he goes Karen, I don't feel sorry for you. I mean, you killed her. <laughs> 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 oh, and then and then he goes, you know, just backspace delete, like bring her back. Mm-hmm. Right. I tried to explain, you know, of course she had died of natural causes. I couldn't bring her back. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the more that I thought about it, I thought, or could I? Hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. I could bring her back because mm-hmm. I could go back to she was born in 1920. And so in 1940, she would have been just a young person trying to figure it out and there would have been all this talk of war and her World War II love story as I was like thinking about this process all of a sudden I realized Irvo Holland was a spy in World War Two. Mm, she worked okay. for the Office of Strategic Services like the original OSS was the original CIA mm-hmm. and uh, I like this whole story landed in my heart mm-hmm. and I thought okay I've got to tell it which meant months of research you know yeah, going yeah. back to these uh, records and old videos and stories and firsthand accounts that were just gripping. And I, I, it had to be accurate. Like, I knew I could tell the heartbreaking, beautiful story of Erbil Holland, her, her love story set in World War II, but mm-hmm. it had to be actually set there. It had to, it had to be accurate. Um, and I just found out from the Historical Society, um, they have a branch that deals with historical fiction, and Mm -hmm. I got their seal of approval. They gave it a a raving review, and Uh so I'm very thankful that I took that time.
0: I'm glad you did too. Karen Kingsbury is my guest today here on the Bottom Line. We're talking about her brand new novel called Just Once, which we've got linked up at thebottomlineshow.com. It's just now out, and it's a great read, especially for, from the historical standpoint. I mean, I think it was Jerry Jenkins who who told me the I, it, it, I don't think it's original to him, but he said he used to write what he called faction as opposed to fiction, because there's so much research that goes into these novels. And when you hear novel, mm. there's still the average you know consumer says, "Oh, a novel." So Karen made up a story. And not realizing how many months you had to dig in and find, you know, if Ervil is going to have this backstory and be in love with two brothers at the same time. But I don't want to get ahead of myself here. Um, You had to to paint that picture, though. You really had to go there. That must be a lot of fun for you as a writer. Or is it just too emotionally draining sometimes and you say, forget it. I'm just going to have somebody else make movies of my books and I'm done with this. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: no i love it i do i love going back I, i would just put myself in it for this one when i was writing it i put myself in a dark room with a tv screen and i put on a youtube clip of like 10 hours um in fiji i mean just like i put myself sort of in the pacific theater on a beach with where you can you know the way they do these clips for like 10 hours and you have like waves coming in and the the wind and the trees and whatnot. And I put myself in the Pacific and just steps away from my own you know, kitchen and where everybody was living. Um, but I felt like I was back in time and I was in another location. And um, yes, it was emotional. I cried while I was writing it, but I also feel like I did the story justice and I'm thankful for that.
0: Hmm. Talking with Karen Kingsbury about this brand new novel, and understanding, of course, that uh, when when you read something like this and it does have an impact, what's what's the initial response been? I mean, it's just now hitting the stores, and people have been able to order it, pre-order it. Of course, it's a it's a runaway bestseller on Amazon, and it's gonna it's gonna uh, tickle a lot of fancies for people who liked your stuff. What's the initial response that you're getting from your readers?
2: Well,
3: maybe better than anything I've ever written, which is just you know, hmm. all glory to God on that for me. That's, how I feel, but they have a couple of big reviewers that usually, you know, they don't often find my things to their liking. I don't have gratuitous sex scenes or whatever, so sometimes people just kind of go, "Oh, she's you know that that person who just writes whatever." But they have loved it. They're like, "Okay, yeah. this is reminiscent of like a Nicholas Sparks. Like it's some mm-hmm. of her best writing and just like glowing, glowing reports." Wow. So. Um, readers are saying best book they've ever read of mine. Like, I'm just Mm. so thankful because my heart is in this book. And Mm. one of my favorite parts of it is that Ervil, before signing up to be a spy, they came to her because she was brilliant and she was a mathematician and they knew she could work as a code breaker and as a spy. And she had to be, she had to find courage and she was afraid. She was very afraid of war. She would get panic attacks and she had to learn that she could arm herself with scripture. And that would be her weapon. In the, uh, she got into the full armor of God. That was her weapon. She became strong, heroic, courageous, and uh, walking with her journey. You know, walking with her through her journey. It's you're on the edge of your seat, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's um, it's it's really fun. It's a lot. Of, it's I think it's again. I would agree. It's one of my best books.
0: Well, I think that's, it's phenomenal and fantastic all at the same time. I didn't want to put those two words together, but somebody will at some point. (laughs) Uh, That's just kind of the way language works, isn't it? Um, Karen King's brand new novel is called Just Once, and we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Karen, talk about that, that you mentioned uh, Ervil being, you know, kind of wrapped in scripture to kind of uh, assuage some of her own fears and some of the things that she was facing. And I, I know a lot of our greatest generation listeners especially will completely resonate with that. But what's it like for you when, I mean, I, I, I would hate to think I've heard some Hollywood directors, you know, who talk about, well, we we, we're we're down to the last minute, you know, in terms of how much of how far do we go with gratuitous dialogue versus, you know, scenes and things like that, either for ratings or whatnot. Do you find yourself playing that balancing act with the the faith component, but then realizing, hey, there are other people who are just looking for a good fiction, you know, read and you don't want to chase them off or does it is it a little more organic and you just kind of let God figure that out?
3: I mean, it's really the latter there. It's, um, you know, God gives me a story that is woven together like a tapestry. And the difference between like a a secular novelist and myself is that they can write about the physical, intellectual, and emotional aspects of the story. But they just are uncomfortable with the spiritual. And I get that. Um, I'm not. So I can write about a person who's walking firmly with the Lord and those who are running far from him. Um, those who are just completely in an atheistic position or whatever, but it's a part of them. It's a part of the story. It's not a part of every page or every paragraph or every chapter, but where it organically fits into the story. It's not patched on. I don't, I guess I would say this. This is a good way to look at my, my work on screen, you know, now as well as the books is the story is first and the message comes from it organically some people, like in a, you know, like a Christian movie or whatever, it might be message. I have this message, and I got to figure out a way to tell it in a story form. And I'm just not, this is not the way I work. To me, story is what is the main vehicle. And I always think, you know, Jesus, when he wanted to tell you straight, Jesus would tell you straight. When he wanted to uh, make a point, he would turn over a table. But when he wanted to touch your heart, he told a story. And, And it wasn't like the story was dripping with scriptural references necessarily or references even to God. God might have been like the master or the, you know, I mean, you could see God in it, but it was storytelling that touched people's hearts. And I just am so honored that I get to do that too
0: what a great conversation and what a great project too just once is the brand new novel by karen kingsbury it's up at thebottomlineshow.com we do have a couple copies of this book we're giving away plus some other karen kingsbury novels so there's lots of opportunities for you to win 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 the number to get you through to the bottom line more of my conversation with karen kingsbury in just a moment as the bottom line continues Welcome back to this Movie Monday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh and we're kicking off Movie Monday with a conversation with author and filmmaker Karen Kingsbury. Now her brand new book is called Just Once. It's a beautiful love story set against the backdrop of World War II, but don't let the love story fool you. This is a book that's all about helping us understand why World War II happened, what went on during World War II. It's a great history lesson as well. And as I was bemoaning and lamenting the fact that there was such massive learning loss that took place during covid among public school children we need works like what karen is talking about we have not one not two but three copies of karen's new novel just once to give away 800-227 we got a ton of stuff to give away on this movie monday by the way we're just getting warmed up 800-227-5278 227 5278 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, we have three copies of Karen Kingsbury's new novel, Just Once, for giveaway. And I think we might have a couple of copies of another one of Karen's books as well. I'll let Crystal figure that one out. It's checking the price cabinet. Yeah, it's, it's back there. Okay, so Crystal's looking at it right now. 800-227-5278. the number to get you through to the bottom line. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, more of my conversation with Karen Kingsbury here on this Movie Monday, plus a special encore presentation about a brand new movie that came out earlier this summer that's now available for home video about one of the most remarkable comebacks you've ever seen in the history of sports, professional or amateur. Did that whet your appetite? All right. Keep it with us. keep it right here. There's more bottom line still to cut.
4: Been hurt in an accident, and you're wondering if you should call Stephanie Cover of Cover Law. You must. That's why insurance exists, to cover accidents. So you should use it. Stephanie worked in the insurance industry for over 20 years, and she knows their system, how to talk to adjusters, how they think, and how to get back from them all that you've lost. That could be wages, time, property, or anything else that the accident has taken from you. Every minute you wait hurts your chance to be made whole again, and Stephanie knows that the opposing insurance company is building a case against you, so time is a factor. Stephanie cares about the truth. She builds your case on a rock-solid foundation of honesty. She will give you a clear understanding of what to expect during the process, and Stephanie will ensure that the truth comes to light. If you or someone you know has been in an accident, and you're not sure if you need an attorney, reach out to Stephanie Cover now at kbrightradio.com slash C-O-V-E-R.
0: Karen Kingsbury is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. And speaking of stories, her brand new one is called Just Once, and we've got a link for it up at the Show.com. It's a great read. You're really going to enjoy it. Um, we were talking about, I, I kind of uh, somewhat tongue-in-cheek said, w- are you at the point now in your career where you're ready to just say, I've written enough stories, let's make them into movies. And there is a Karen Kingsbury Productions that I'm sure a lot of your readers are familiar with. But for our listeners, talk about um, you're going to be in the big screen. You're going to be in theaters uh, coming around Easter time next year. Talk about that, if you would.
3: Yeah, so exciting. So last year, uh, in late spring of 22, my husband and I were, I've long said, I want to make a movie. But it's just kind of like, it was just sort of pie in the sky. Like, it's so expensive and so complicated. And obviously I don't know how to use a camera, so you have to bring in people (laughs) and trust them. And it's just, you know, so complicated. But last year we, we just, we realized we had some savings and you know, there's, you can check, there's nothing in the coffin. Like you're taking none of it with you. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I just looked at each other and he said, you know what? I would not want to be on the other end of this journey and wonder what if, and he Mm. said, if we have to sell everything, let's do it. Let's do this. Let's make this. Let's make a movie. Um, and so with his blessing like that, I just had the sense of peace. And we opened Karen Kingsbury Productions. Uh, my Our son, Tyler, is a director and a writer, and he's written with me on uh, a couple of Hallmark movies and some other books. And uh, so I asked him, I said, would you would you co-write with me and would you direct? And, you know, he got to study directing in college, but he took a couple of days to pray about it because he said, I want this to have the best director. And I had mm-hmm. to really be like, OK, I am ready for this this directorial debut. So in June, we wrote the script. We picked Someone Like You because it's um, it's beautiful, it's cinematic. It's a beautiful love story. It's about embryo adoption at the core with mm-hmm. these two sisters who didn't know each other. No one's ever had a story like that, you know, so it felt like the right story for the right time, and then it's very cinematic, and so we we picked that one, wrote the script, um, filmed it last fall. We let it be a holy experience, like we asked for God's wisdom and favor every single day along the way, because, again, we we owe no one money on it. It was our money, and then we did it without a studio, so we had all the decision-making and no experience. So of course we had to ask for wisdom. We were over our heads, you know, on, on what do we do? And, and we just felt like God met us. I kept picturing like I'm walking toward the Red Sea and even on the days when my toes get wet, like he keeps parting the water. <laughs> <laughs> <He keeps going. laughs> uh, oh, and so it, we finished, um, wrapped it at the end of last year. And we've been, we've got picture locked. And we're working on the, um, you know, color correcting and sound design and uh, special effects are pretty much all done. And, and now the composing is wrapping up, and we're using uh, Michael W. Smith's son, Tyler Smith, a very mm. talented composer. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this week we're going into the studio to hear the live orchestration be recorded. So it's just like surreal. And, uh, and our trailer released this week. It, it released as exclusive on people.com. And uh, it's just going viral everywhere, Mm. which is, we never saw that. You can't plan that, you know, and I didn't even have a TikTok until four days ago. And now it's got (laughs) over a million views on TikTok. Oh,
1: my goodness. (laughs) I mean, it's all these
3: people who don't even know who I am at all and who are just so, it's going to be so fun to see these new readers coming in Mm -hmm. and finding fiction that can touch their hearts and give them Mm -hmm. hope for a time like this. Um, But, yeah, we open in theaters nationwide and across Canada on April 2nd. So I think... My dream is that around the dinner table after Easter dinner and during dishes and whatnot, that people are like, "Hey, Mm -hmm. you gonna go see that movie this week?" Yeah,
0: yeah. What what a great what what a great testimony. Uh, Karen Kingsbury is my guest today here on the Bottom Line. Her new novel, Just Once, is up at thebottomlineshow.com. It's a great World War II. Thriller. And then, of course, the trailer for Someone Like You. We'll go ahead and grab that and put it up at thebottomlineshow.com as well for its theatrical release coming April 2nd, 2024. And that we'll have Karen back on the program on one of our Movie Monday segments to talk about that. Uh, Karen, I, I'm really just in awe of your ministry and uh, knowing that it, you know, going back, you know, 20, 30 years in terms of when you were first starting out and to see how God has continued to bless. And I love the, uh, I don't want to call it reckless abandon, but it seems like, I mean, just the all-out nature of what you and your husband are doing and your family's involved. And then we get to see these legacy, you know, projects come along with, you know, Tyler Smith, you know, going second generation on the music and things like that. What is the process like for you? I mean, I, you're, I know you love these stories. I know you love these characters enough to stop and weep over their passing, you know, and uh, <laughs> it's something that uh, even though you knew you were heading in that direction, it's still, but it's so sad. And I, I love that about, you can hear that in your writing. How, um, what does the future hold? I mean, for, for you guys, I mean, I know it sounds like you're taking it one step at a time, but, um, you know, for uh, it. It's refreshing to hear that it's the Kingsburys making these decisions rather than a publisher or a movie production company or something like that that's saying, hey, come on, this stuff works, so we need five more books like this or whatever. What's the process like for you guys?
3: Well, thank you. First of all, that's exactly right. I said it came down to the only way to really make the movie in my heart was to do it ourselves and to make the decisions ourselves where – you know, the person who's the CEO of my studio is God. Like he's the one that's mm-hmm. open making yes. decisions. So, um, I finished the con just once is the last book on my contract with Simon and Schuster. And I, I loved working with them. They were so amazing and they believed in what I was doing. And they, they have a movie edition of someone like you coming out a month before the mm-hmm. movie releases. So that'll be everywhere as well with the movie poster on the cover. And I've got like a a 5,000-word section in the back of what it was like to film and, you Mm -hmm. know, stories from the set, that kind of thing. So um, that spring will be very busy with all of that, but then I'm writing a book called Where the Sea Meets the Sky, and we haven't actually announced this yet, but I'll be working with a company called Forefront Books, and basically it's a hybrid self-publishing situation where Mm. distribution will still go through Simon & Schuster, um, but I'll be selling, you know, direct, and I can add value to that for the people who have come alongside me and that audience continues to grow. So it gives me more flexibility as to what and when I write, which I love.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And, uh, and then film wise, I mean, in a perfect world by late summer, we're in pre-production again. And mm-hmm. I know that may be ambitious. But I just feel like I have so many books and so many movies that I want to make and stories I want to see on the big screen. So we'll let God show me if that's the right timing or do we wait another year Mm-hmm. But, um, but I, I mean, I, I'm just excited about what's ahead and I'm going to take it as he opens the door and keeps parting that red sea. <laughs> mm,
0: I love that. And, and as you put it so, uh, so, so, so succinctly, I guess, um, even if your toes get wet every now and again, you know, you wait for him to part it. And I, I just... I I love the the spirit-led nature of what you're doing. It's that 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 in and of itself is an inspiration, but uh, then of course that the work is so good and continues to keep getting better. We're just uh, honored and blessed to have time with you today. Karen Kingsbury has been my guest Brand new novel is called Just Once, It's Up, It's Out, and we've got a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com. We'll have a couple copies to give away here, including some of our Karen Kingsbury catalog that we have here, too, because they've been so generous to provide us with these over the years. And then don't forget the trailer for Someone Like You, the brand new movie from Karen Kingsbury Productions, which is going to be in theaters April 2nd. We'll put the trailer up now just to whet the appetite, and I don't know if we can get you an extra million views on this, Karen, on thebottomlineshow.com, but we will give it our best. (laughs) We certainly will, now that you're TikTok. Now that you're a TikTok good. star as well, uh, Karen, it's always a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. God bless you. Happy holidays and merry Christmas from all of us here at the Bottom Line Show. Good to get some time with you today.
3: Thank you so much. I've loved it. We'll see you again.
0: Boy, it's always great to hear about Karen Kingsbury's projects, the books, and of course the movies, her production company. We've got a link up at TheBottomLineShow.com for everything Karen Kingsbury. Her brand new book is called Just Once. It's a perfect, if you you, you realize that less than a week from, well, less than two weeks from now, a week from this Thursday is the anniversary of the bombing of Pearl Harbor. And uh, the, this novel Just Once is just in time to give you, if you want a, a great romantic love story, Karen does such a good job of writing those, but then doing so in such a way that you have the opportunity to learn a little bit about American history while you're at it, especially as it pertains to World War II, Just Once is the novel for you. We have not one, not two, but three copies of this book to give away, and we're giving it away right now at 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line for these three copies of Karen Kingsbury's book. And I mentioned earlier, if you talk to Crystal and ask her very politely, I think we might have a couple more Uh, other of karen's titles hanging around here Uh, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back there's another movie that's just now available on home video earlier this year i talked with rick eldridge who's the executive producer of a brand new film called never give up it's the story of brad minns guy who won the world deaf tennis championship at the uh the, the deaf olympics back in 1985 i believe it was And Brad has an amazing story to tell and uh, also an amazing book as well. Uh, We have a couple of copies of Brad's book, Never Give Up, plus some movie posters and a t-shirt and more. So let's get into that on the other side of this break. Movie Monday conversation with movie producer Rick Eldridge talking about the movie Never Give Up. It's coming up next as the bottom line continues. well, Movie Monday edition of the Bottom Line Show today. I'm Roger Marsh in Southern California, joined by Rick Eldridge, who is in Orlando, Florida right now. And Rick is a busy guy. He's put together so many great films that we have discussed here on the Bottom Line Show over the years. And he's got another one that's near and dear to my heart because of the tennis aspect. It's called Never Give Up. And we have a link for the trailer up at the thebottomlineshow.com. Rick Eldridge, welcome back to the Bottom Line Show.
2: Hey, it's great to be with you again. Thank you. you.
0: Rick, you have such a legacy of great films. Would you care to brag just a little bit on maybe two or three of your favorites? I know it's kind of like saying which are your favorite kids, but uh, oh, um, which yeah. ones have really touched you the most over the years?
2: Well, you know, it's every every story has so many stories that have happened around them. Uh, my very first film that I did on my own uh, was Bobby Jones, Stroke of Genius mm-hmm. which, uh, mm-hmm. golf movie. Twenty years ago now, believe it or wow. not. Wow, wow! And uh, you know, I was just going through the warehouse and I pulled out a T-shirt that had uh, opening this spring. <laughs> Exciting! So, uh,
0: I'm
2: thinking, wow, that was twenty years ago. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But uh, that one, uh, you know, just as it did very well and continues to do very well, and uh, very proud of that. Another one that I've loved, uh, I guess, the ultimate gift. Yeah. Uh, James Garner, Brian Dennehy, and Abigail Breslin had a great cast, uh, along with Lee Meriwether and Bill Cobbs, and. You know we did a trilogy of films around that, and those movies continue to play and yeah uh, you know, that's that's what you love is to you know ten years later you're still seeing that stuff out there and uh you know all over the place and uh, that that's real rewarding. it really is.
0: You know, this new project follows that pattern, if you will, in terms of movies that you have a passion for. There's a faith component. In this case, there's a sports component, not unlike Bobby Jones. Uh, talk about how you came across Brad's story and what made you want to bring it to the big screen.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I get scripts every week. I, you know, everybody has an idea. You know, you should you should do a story on my daughter or, you know, there's, there's so many things that you get sure. across the way. And and that's kind of how Brad came too. I, I was uh going to a little Bible study with about 12 other guys here in Winter Park, Florida. And uh, one of the guys said, hey, I know a great story. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he gave me a book, and uh, I read the, the book about Brad's life. And uh, Brad, uh, you know, at the time, and still does, live in Orlando, although he's from the uh, you know, Toledo area and, and, uh, of Ohio. And so I read the book, and 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 that was that was neat. I enjoyed it. I thought he had some great stories, and and uh, and and a remarkable, you know, overcoming of of his, uh, his his deafness. He became deaf at the age of three. So here's a young kid who's listening to his mom and dad and hearing everything around him, and all of a sudden, all of that's cut off. So that was interesting. And then I met him, and uh, he and his wife came and met my wife and I for dinner. And uh, and I saw the the joy and the enthusiasm and the the uh, he, he's just a very charismatic personality, and um, you know once you you meet someone like that, uh, it was like wow this is a it's a great story but what a great guy and what a great opportunity to give him a platform to be able yeah. to share his life, um, you know Brad became deaf at the age of three, his parents decided to let him learn to read, read lips rather than uh, sign uh, you know, they, if, if he was going to do the sign thing, I mean, everybody around him would have to sign or he would have no conversation. Right. So they taught him to read lips, very difficult, but, uh, I, he's remarkable. Uh, that first time I met him, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of asking my wife, you think this guy's really deaf <laughs> <Because> <laughs> as long as he's looking at you, he can mm-hmm. pick it up. And you know, he's learned very well in conversation to say, you know, if he, doesn't quite understand it to say you know, you know can you repeat that again or or whatever but he's getting all of it and uh, it's pretty amazing uh, and at the same time when the waitress comes up and says would you like more coffee he's ignoring the waitress because she <laughs> thinks he is <laughs> and then you, know, you almost have to tap him on the shoulder and say hey you want coffee uh, but when he's looking right at you and, and reading your lips yeah you know, he it's amazing it's remarkable. Uh, he has a little bit of a an impediment when he speaks, mm-hmm. but nothing that you don't understand, and so um, uh, a remarkable guy. And so when we saw that, saw the story, uh, the the themes of of overcoming, the themes of of perseverance, uh, you know, story of just what a, a great family and love and caring can be uh, amidst this young kid growing up in the '60s, where you know ear, you know, earpieces were not what they are today. Right, right. you can kind of hardly even know a guy's wearing one. But uh, he was fitted with earpieces, at least so he could at least hear some rumble around him and know stuff Mm -hmm. was happening. Um, And back then, it it almost looked like a bra. I mean, he had strapped around (laughs) you. And so he's bullied, made fun of in junior high school. And, uh, you know, as you can imagine. And so he had so much to overcome in that way. And and even several, you know, administrators and teachers that would say, "Wouldn't he be better in an institution?" I mean, we can just put him away somewhere and let him be with people of his own kind. Uh, but his mom and dad were very pers- persevering in that, and and taught him that as well. And uh, so he he really overcame so much. Hmm. In fact, one of the best lines in the movie. And we haven't gotten to that yet, but Brad goes on to he takes up tennis, goes on to win the world games. Uh, a gold medal round uh, in a probably the biggest come from behind victory on a tennis court anybody's ever seen. In Fact, it was uh, plastered all over Sports Illustrated. Uh, biggest come from behind victory ever on a court in pro, college, collegiate, whatever. Uh, it was 1985, and the um, the games were in Pepperdine uh, uni- uh, University at the time, and uh, and Brad was down two sets, five games, forty left. Yeah, you can't get
0: any more down than that. I mean, that, no. that that's that that's I mean, that's two outs, bottom of the ninth. You're down to your last strike, you're down 15 yeah. to nothing or something. I mean, it's just it's incredible. And it's just you. That's the thing. I'm talking with the Rick Elders today here on the right. bottom line, the producer of the brand new movie called Never Give Up. The Brad we're talking about is Bradford Mins and his remarkable story of uh winning in one of the largest comebacks ever, the 1985 World Deaf Games men's singles tennis championship. But the idea, uh Rick, that you, you start with a story like that, you know, the opening four or five minutes, you're like, okay, what in the world did I just walk into? You know, people are waving their hands at the tennis match. This yeah. guy's got 40 love and three, and, and to have this, the, the chair come in and say, uh, this is game set and match point, you know, and there's like three of them. You're like, how is this guy? And, and, and his prayer is so simple. His faith is so simple. And yet it's very, very deep and profound.
2: Absolutely, you know my pastor uh, David Chadwick uh, wrote a book called Three Word Prayers, mm. and uh, this is it's a pamphlet really. It's a very small book, but it's it's full of three word prayers, and uh, you know God tells us to pray without ceasing. Yes, uh, and uh, you know there was a three word prayer that Brad, at this you know moment, uh, you know not even really strong in his own faith, but of course he had grown up with that with his family. And uh, you know, it just so happened his family would travel around with him when he played. Uh, they had plane issues, didn't make it, and so he's looking up in the stands. Mom and dad's not there. He's down to his last point, and he just throws his hands up and says, "God help me." Mm-hmm. <laughs> three word prayer. And uh, boy, how many times have we needed that? You know, just to, uh But but the the pamphlet we're actually giving away at the um, at some of our events because the 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 booklet is about three word prayers and. God hears all of our cries and uh, so that's a big turning point and uh, of course uh, uh, it, it, it's history now so I don't have to spoil the story the story's really him growing up and overcoming but he wins he wins the gold medal comes all the way back and uh, what an amazing match five plus hours uh, that it takes to, to do this Stan Smith is a color commentator for the movie and Stan scores a iconic tennis legend uh, he was a number one, uh, one one Wimbledon one U.S open uh and uh so it's it's really great to hear Stan kind of correlate some of his you know on on the the court antics around the the match as it plays and uh, the story the the matches really gives you the 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 you know throughout the whole movie we see the match but the story's really him through his life overcoming we flashback at, at various points through the movie and see Brad at four different ages as he's growing up and dealing with life and learning about tennis and and uh, becoming who he is. And uh, so it's pretty pretty exciting to see that and to understand the things he dealt with. Uh, it was difficult as a producer to hire four Brads that yeah be convincing enough, look alike uh, enough to where you could say, okay, I could see how you could grow into that. Uh, also, be able to play tennis at a yes. very high level. Uh-huh. That, that <laughs> was also the one thing. Do, yeah, the deaf thing and be a great actor. It yeah, was Rick,
0: Rick I, just to inter- interject here, I'm talking with Rick Eldridge, the producer of the brand new movie Never Give Up, which and we'll put a link for the trailer up at the bottomlineshow.com. Well, this is such a wonderful project, and I'm gra- grateful that we have a chance to have a conversation with Rick Eldridge today here on The Bottom Line. Rick is the producer of the brand new movie called Never Give Up, which is now available in home theater, and uh, we have two copies of the book by Brad Minns, Never Give Up. We also have a Never Give Up t-shirt. We also have four signed movie posters, not one, not two, not three, but four movie posters autographed by Brad Minns. And we've got more things to give away I'll tell you about at the end of our conversation. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Rick Eldridge, the producer of the new movie never give up is my guest we'll have more on this great discussion coming up next as the bottom line continues welcome back to this movie monday edition of the bottom line i'm roger marsh rick eldridge is my guest rick is i mean uh, he the 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 movies that rick has produced over time his whole bio is up at thebottomlineshow.com he has produced so many great heartstring tugging family-friendly faith-based films his most recent work has a tennis theme, which is, makes it part and parcel important in the Marsh household, and maybe in yours as well. It's called Never Give Up. It's the story of Brad Mins Brad won the gold medal at the Deaf Olympics in 1984, I believe. And this is a guy who's born, he had a hearing loss and is legally deaf. And uh, he, if you could imagine playing a game like tennis or any sport, but not being able to hear, uh, the story is remarkable. Uh, because Brad was playing against the, the then number one uh, deaf tennis player in the world. And he was down two sets to love, which meant, you know, a set is six games in tennis, and he'd lost uh, the first couple of sets and was down in the third set, like five love. I mean, that five nothing, and the guy only has to get to six. And Brad dug in, and I don't mind telling you, spoiler alert, that he wound up coming back. It's arguably one of the greatest comebacks in, in all of sport and the fact that he did so and has become an inspirational speaker he loves the lord we have not one but two copies of brad's book called never give up i know it's movie monday and we're talking about this movie but we have two copies of the book never give up we have a never give up shirt if you'd love a t-shirt we'd love to send you one and then we have this is kind of fun if you collect this kind of stuff not one not two not three but four movie posters for never give up autographed by brad minns such a deal Okay, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, we're giving away two copies of the Bradman's book, Never Give Up. We're also giving away four signed movie posters and a T-shirt. And we also have uh, three. These are funny. These are, uh, never give up stress balls. You know, those little things you can grip and squeeze and stuff like that. That's a part of the movie too. You have to watch the movie to find out the significance. But we're giving those away as well. So this movie Monday just has lots of stuff to give away. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, I've heard this expression many times before. The older I get, the more I realize how valuable it is the Christian life is not a sprint, it's a marathon. There's a reason why we see, uh, you know, Paul talking about in the New Testament, talking about beating his body, making it subject to him, so that he could train and fight to win the prize. The battle is where you find out what you're made of. Uh, John Wooden told me one time that the poise is who you are under pressure. And that's that's where you find out what your character is made of. I mean, How many times do we find ourselves testing metal or steel Warming it up and seeing is it going to hold up to the fire? One day, everything that we've done is going to be put in God's crucible, and it's going to be burned up and purified to see what is real and what is not. It's how you hold up under adversity that shows what you're really made of in your faith. That is good news, and that's the bottom line. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your afternoon, and Rabbi Schneider is coming up next. For those who remain with us on the network, the conclusion of my conversation with Rick Eldridge, the producer of the outstanding new faith-based film, Never Give Up, that's coming your way next as the bottom line continues. time talking with Rick Eldridge, the producer of the brand new movie, Never Give Up, and we'll put a link for the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com. I am a real nut for that kind of aficionado type of thing. I watched a movie recently about a a young woman who was playing a violinist and you could tell she barely learned how to hold the instrument, let alone (laughs) look like she was playing it. Everyone in this movie, and i had to give you high kudos because i have a, a bonus daughter and son-in-law who both play division 1 tennis and yeah. my wife and i get out there and you know mess it up on the court every now and again too one of the first things we looked at and said okay those people know how to play and i appreciate that so much because yeah. like you said that, that's not easy to find the four boys or young yeah. men to play that port the, the different portrayals but then to find enough tennis players who could actually make it work too. Uh, kudos to you for for holding yeah. that line Rick Eldridge. I really well, appreciate. Thank
2: it. you. It, I think it was I mean it's, it's so we're doing an Olympic you know quality pro tennis. Yeah. So they they can't just dink it over the court, you know, it's so <laughs> going to be hit the ball. Uh-huh. Uh and we were really so fortunate to find um Harrison uh, to to play the the role of Harrison Stone uh who is a pro tennis player happens to Uh, he got his degree in communications while he was playing in college at Alabama. And, um, and, and so he, he loves acting. He does that on the side along with his tennis that he continues. And, uh, and then his nemesis uh, uh, Roland Evan, who is the same, he was a D one, you know, recruited high level tennis player. And so Mm -hmm. it was great to watch these guys play. And, but even in the younger ages, I mean, by the time Brad was 14, he was beating the number one guy on his high school team, right. so we had to have a fourteen-year-old that could hit some balls too. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so there were there were a lot of challenges, but I'm so pleased that we were able to pull it off and in a way that uh, that that's really real and authentic and convincing. I'm talking with Rick Eldridge today here on the Bottom Line Movie Monday
0: edition of the broadcast. Never give up. It's an outstanding sports story. If you like. The kind of overcoming aspect, even if you're not a tennis player, you will be uh, blessed by seeing this movie starring Harrison Stone, who plays a young Bradford Mins, who uh, winds up literally accomplishing the impossible in the 1985 Deaf World Games, where he wins the men's singles championship and one of the greatest comebacks in uh, in sporting history, let alone just in the in the Deaf Games. The ensemble cast, Rick, is just phenomenal, and I really appreciate. You know, when I saw that Aaron Bethay and Drew Stone were going to be in there, my first thought was, oh oh yeah. And then I went, okay, you know, look kind of like this ought to be interesting. And I honestly forgot I was watching the two of them when I was watching the men's huh. household. Talk about what it was like to work with people who, you know, it's a big challenge, right? On the one hand, you know, everybody goes, oh, Erin Bethay from Fireproof and all the Hallmark movies. And, and, and I know, you know, that, that who she is, you don't want to be so focused on her that you forget that she's playing Brad's mom.
2: Right. Yeah. That. It was, uh, uh, you know, her and and uh, and Drew, uh, you know, i worked with Drew on The Ultimate Life, which was uh, kind of the second in the trilogy of uh, The Ultimate Gift Trilogy. So I knew Drew really well. And uh, in casting, I, I wanted to really capture Brad's mom and dad in the best we could. Uh, he loved them. They had such a close-knit family. And, uh, and his mom had actually just passed away about the time mm. that I met him. And so it was just very vivid in his mind, too so as he described his mom and his dad and started talking about who they were and his dad was this big vivacious outgoing life of the party you know uh, he was just a fun guy yeah and uh you yeah, know and and so I'm thinking well that's true yeah, yeah. that could be true totally and then he talks about his mom and I said well that could be Aaron <laughs> so <laughs> it was just that, so I called him and I said you guys have to do this and uh so they they certainly resonated with it and uh, it was great to have them be part of it. Uh, they, and they were perfect for Brad's mom and dad. You know, he, uh, he, he, he absolutely hundred percent, uh, you know, loved them and cared uh, that 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 be portrayed in the right way. So uh, the, the young Brad that we found, um, uh, Thomas, who, uh, we, he, he's in karate kid or the uh, the new karate kid, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the, the series now that, uh, that's, that's out on in Netflix and such. And, uh, he's uh he's fantastic he it's funny seven year-old kid this is a little trivia piece so he, we're thinking okay he looks great he's a great actor you know he's done a lot of work Cobra Kai was the the show I was thinking about yeah okay yeah. Uh, the, the the kind of the remake of of karate kid mm-hmm. Cobra Kai so uh, I bring him in and and uh and he's he's you know he's learning how to play tennis at that age at the age of seven he's kind of got the the speech impediment down he's a great actor he knows all of his lines. Then the first day we're on the tennis court you know he's he's learning how to play tennis and and i'm i'm standing next to his mom and she says you know he's left-handed and oh, no. right-handed and yeah, so yeah. he's learning how to play tennis right-handed oh my uh, and i'm thinking oh man this could be a disaster <laughs> but um, i mean simple little thing like that what a stupid producer but uh, no. no i did the right thing and he was sure. he, he he picked it up i mean it was it worked out well. I mean, he's he's a good athlete, and so he was able to do that, mm-hmm. and uh, and it did look like he was swinging the racket for the first time because yeah. He was <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: great rick eldridge is with me today here on the bottom line special movie monday edition of the program and we're talking about a brand new movie that will uh that will inspire you that will motivate you that will help you grow in your faith too the movie's called never give up it's the true story of bradford Mins, who was the 1985 deaf world games uh champion in men's tennis and uh in a very inspiring uh amazing comeback and yet when you see everything that led to that point in the painstaking detail that the producer of The Ultimate Life and Ultimate Gift has put given to us in Rick Eldridge, um, it, it's one that it, it's enjoyable, it's entertainable, but it's also... Uh, Heart tugging and inspiring too. Well, the the synergy, the timing, and and I love the way God opens doors for yeah. faith projects and says, okay, this is, but we've seen him really spin straw into gold in terms of uh Hollywood magic. And so the the I have high expectations, and I know you do too, for the great new faith, faith faith-based film called Never Give Up the true story of Brad Mins and uh, the incredible work that God does in and through this guy and continues to do even to this day. Got a link for the trailer at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, Rick, we got a couple of minutes left. What's new on the horizon for you and how are things happening in Brad's world these days?
2: Well, uh, Brad's just, uh, he's, he's as busy as I am and loving it. You know, he's very active doing, uh, doing interviews and, and, and I really, uh, he's such a charismatic guy and such a, he, 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 just focuses everything back to to God and God working in His life. So, really excited to see this platform for him. Uh, for me, I'm writing a story with uh, two of my sons and one of our other writers uh, uh, that uh, we we kind of partnered on a movie called The Mulligan uh, a couple mm-hmm. years yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're writing a western. So, uh, oh, fun! Yeah, it's gonna be a western set in the uh, in in the Florida uh, you know, middle of the state Everglades. Uh, very historical period type piece. Um, a lot of people don't know, but before the Pioneers went west they went south. So mm. kind of our, our our cell line is uh, before the Wild West was the Florida Wild. Mm. So that's a little tease. Uh, we're writing it. Uh, we hope to shoot that early next year and uh, pretty excited about that. I think yeah. that's
0: great. Well, you mentioned the mulligan, and when I had Pat Boone on, he was auditioning for work every time he opened his mouth. I mean, you just oh, say, yeah. "I could still do this. I could still do this." Look at the. And so, I hope you wrote a, wrote a part in there for Pat. I mean, because oh I'm man, sure
2: I, I should. He's yeah, we, we, we would love to have Pat back. Uh, uh, he just doesn't stop. He's yeah. Uh, he- Eighty-nine years old now, incredible. And just, just not even ready to stop. He loves
0: incredible.
2: Uh, I talked to him the other day. He just recorded a new song, and it's out on Spotify. And there you go. It's called grits. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> kind of fun. But uh, yeah. it just uh, love love his spirit and attitude. And I want to be him. I want to make it. that Yeah. Fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey Rick, where where's the best place for us to find? We'll put the link up for the movie, of course, never yeah. give up at the bottomline show.com. But for your projects too, where where's the best place for our listeners to find you there?
2: Uh they can go to realworks.net and it's just realworks is two E's, R-E-E-L-W-O-R-K S Works.net, like the film reel, and uh and see some of our past stuff and some of the things we're working on. All right, well, we will put that up there as well. Rick Eldridge, the brand new movie, Never Give Up, and the
0: Bradman story is a perfect vehicle to kind of help honor both of those and, and also give glory to God at the same time. I don't know how you keep doing it, but uh, we, we're <laughs> grateful that you keep doing it. Rick, thank uh, you so much lovely. for your your passion for this and thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thank
2: you. Thanks for helping, uh, helping us get the word out. We really appreciate it.
0: And that's how we concluded my conversation with Rick Eldridge, the producer of the outstanding new movie called Never Give Up here on the Bottom Line Show. We had a chance to talk this past summer when the movie was just coming out in theaters. And now, of course, the movie has been made available on home video. And because it's Movie Monday, we have some all sorts of Never Give Up goodies to share with you. If you like movie posters, remember back in the day when you'd see the poster uh, in the marquee and, oh, that movie's coming and how exciting it is. Those are always fun to collect. And Brad Mens has signed some movie posters for us for the movie Never Give Up that we're giving away today. We have not one, not two, not three, but four of these signed movie posters to give away. In addition, we have two copies of Brad's book uh, about his story called Never Give Up. We also have three stress balls. (laughs) You know, that was made popular in the film. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. And also uh, copies of the three copies of the three word prayer books by David Chadwick that were also uh, included in the film as well. So we have, let's see, one. Oh, we have a Never Give Up t-shirt too. Two, three, seven, 10. We have 13 different resources from this movie that we're giving away for the rest of the program today. You have an excellent chance of winning one of them. Please give us a call. 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 the number to get you through to the bottom line now uh, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back i want to talk about the sanctity of human life element of this film that is so powerful and how you have the opportunity to do something about this um, especially as we are winding down cyber monday and getting ready for giving tuesday I'll tell you how you can get involved coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives.
1: The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility.
0: Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. My thanks again to Rick Eldridge for joining me today here on The Bottom Line to talk about the brand new movie called Never Give Up, the remarkable true story of Brad Minns, who won the gold medal at the Deaf Olympics. In the 1980s and uh, arguably uh, competed in one of the the greatest if not the greatest tennis matches ever Uh, down two sets to love if you understand tennis scoring you have to win six games a game is four points Uh, first one to four wins unless you but you got to win by two Um, then you get to six and he was down two games to none or love as they say in the tennis world and then five to nothing five games to nothing and trailing and serving to stay in the match Uh, at he was going to get bageled as they say potentially six to nothing and he dug in and for the next couple of hours fought back and over five sets wound up winning the match it's a remarkable story and brad's story of being a proud member of the community of people who have hearing loss is really inspiring Uh, we've got two copies of brad's book called never give up and since it is movie monday we have not one not two not three but four signed movie posters from the movie in addition to a t-shirt from the Never Give Up movie as well. We have 13 different prizes that we're giving away with this movie today. One of them needs to find its way into your hands. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line here on this Movie Monday. Now, I want to wrap things up today. Taking a look at an aspect of the sanctity of human life that we often don't like to talk about we hear a lot when it comes to uh, abortion when it comes to women's rights when we tra- i saw a really uh, powerful uh, uh, tweet i guess it was it's, it's on that x format that used to be called twitter but they still talk about tweets and elon musk the founder of tesla who actually uh, bought twitter last year for 40 something billion dollars and has been kind of this one man campaign to save democracy The thing i appreciate about what musk wrote was he said look young women in america or in the west have been sold the lie that an unplanned pregnancy is like the end of their freedom and young men have been sold the idea that an unplanned pregnancy for their wife or girlfriend actually is uh detrimental to their fun and their lives as well and that's why abortion has to stay legal and this that and the other thing you know what's uh what's interesting about the the uh the tweet is that is a true statement if you talk to the majority of people who get abortions i mean we, we've seen the, the i should say the majority of women who get abortions because men can't get them when you look at the number of women who get abortions and you look at the reasons why there are people on the left who will say well you christians this that and the other thing do you know how many women go to church get abortions well that's a true statement Care Net, I believe, uh, tracks this data, 54% of women who get abortions are also regular church attenders. So lest we think that the church has cornered the market on the pro-life, uh, sanctity of life, preservation of life uh, market, that's not true. Now, of course, you know and I know not everybody who goes to church is a Bible-believing Christian. They might think they are, but George Barna's research indicates quite the opposite. Six percent of Americans profess faith in christ actually have a biblical worldview that number will drop to four percent when millennials generation z are the most dominant demographic on uh, in the country but then add to the fact that people say well you know you're always talking about these women you know young women shouldn't have abortions if they're it's their first time pregnancy well 60 60 percent of women who have abortions are already mothers so why should you force them with another pregnancy when they've already had a kid or two well, that's a true story as well. But then you ask the question, okay, so why are these women who have given birth now choosing abortion? And oftentimes you'd be amazed. I mean, that sex selection thing, that's a real deal. The We have three boys, we were trying for a girl, we got pregnant with the fourth child, and well, we don't want another boy. That's a real thing. I mean, you would, you would hope it wouldn't be, but that is a real thing. And then there's the other issue of too big a family. I've I've shared the story often of a dear friend of mine uh, for for many years. He and his wife uh, have wrestled with this because of the fact that her family, dad was a pastor. Uh, Dad and mom had three daughters. And if I remember the chronology there, and mom got pregnant with a fourth child and people at their church counseled them to abort the fourth child because they said, you know, pastor, you can't afford to have another kid. We're not going to give you another raise just because you have an, another mouth to feed. Now, the interesting thing about it is this young woman actually survived the abortion and she and her mom are now, they have a thriving ministry as pro-life advocates where mom says, I don't know what we were thinking. And the daughter says, I'm here. Not, just because you inject that solution in or you give the woman the pill doesn't mean the child is going to just die. But I think about the story of Brad Mendes in the movie Never Give Up. Here's a guy who was born with a hearing loss; who he was legally deaf, I think, by the age of two or three. And it pains me to even suggest this as a daughter of a father of a bonus daughter with special needs. That there would be some conversation about well, you know, we've done a little blood test and this, that, and the other thing, and uh, we've determined that your son might have cerebral palsy. Your daughter might be deaf. Your son might be blind, you know, whatever it is. And how many people would then say that's a reason to abort the child? 60 Minutes did a story about Iceland and how Iceland has eliminated Down syndrome. They don't have Down syndrome in Iceland anymore. It's it's amazing. And so you do a little uh, digging deeper, and what do you find out? You discover that the reason that they don't is because parents who they do an amniocentesis, they discover that the child might have Down syndrome and then abortion is recommended. They'll say, oh no, we don't force it on women, but they recommend it strongly. And so many women choose to abort their children in the womb who have uh, uh, Down syndrome, that they've practically eliminated it from Iceland. That's not eliminating anything, that's killing, removing a quote-unquote problem. Brad Mins' story is inspiring because it's great tennis. It's a uh, overcoming the odds type of story, but also do not forget the fact that whenever you see somebody who's facing a physical challenge like that, you have to ask the question, you know, what was God thinking? And when God says to Paul, Paul says, three times I went to second Corinthians nine, three times I went to the Lord with a thorn in my flesh. And three times God said, my grace is sufficient for you. Ask Nick Vujicic, how he can have such a strong faith and not have any limbs. I mean, it, it, it's, it's incredible to think about, and yet God knows exactly what he's doing. And if you're the parent of a child who's in a situation like that, and you know how it's impacted your entire family, you just have to keep asking the question, maybe God is using my marriage, my parenting, whatever it is, to make me holy, rather than to quote-unquote make my life easy and happy. Tomorrow is Giving Tuesday. And we have a special opportunity to bless the ministries that you hear here on the Bottom Line Show, our flagship affiliate, KBRT, and the other stations that carry the program. You have a golden opportunity tomorrow to bless one of those ministries, and I would encourage you to do so. Pick whatever teaching program you like or whatever program program you like. Now, I should point out, uh, Wilson Financial and Stephanie Cover, those are for-profit businesses, so they don't necessarily benefit from a tax-deductible donation. But Preborn does. And Preborn has a special double matching gift in place today, in place tomorrow on Giving Tuesday. It's actually in place all the way through Thursday, through the end of the month. I want to encourage you to take it, think about it and pray about it. If you want to do a Giving Tuesday gift early to our friends at Preborn, knock yourself out. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229-BABY. Or go online to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com and make a gift online. Now, as we continue, I want to thank a couple of bottom line listeners. three in particular, three guys who stepped up over the weekend and made contributions to Preborn and talk about what their gift means and what the match means in that place as well. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. 2229 Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833 baby 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. Welcome back to this Movie Monday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. My thanks again to Karen Kingsbury for joining me to talk about her new novel uh, set against the backdrop of World War II with uh, the anniversary of Pearl Harbor coming up a week from this Thursday. The novel Just Once is one you will not want to put down. Um, We've got three copies we've been giving away throughout the program today here at 800-227-5278. Also, my thanks to Rick Eldridge, who's the producer of the outstanding movie called Never Give Up, the story of Brad Minns, deaf tennis champion and uh, the powerful pro-life message that this movie sends two, si- two copies of brad's book four signed movie posters a t-shirt uh, we've even got a partridge in a pear tree i think 13 different <laughs> never give up resources to give away on this movie monday 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 the number to get you through to the bottom line before the break i mentioned that the sanctity of human life requires that we do something too many women make the decision to abort their children in in the womb simply because of inconvenience. I've got three kids. I don't want a fourth. I've got two girls. I wanted a boy. I don't want a third daughter. Um, we, we we've been told that the kid might have red hair. I mean, there's so many different reasons. Ninety-seven percent of women who abort choose to abort simply because a they just don't want to be pregnant, and b they thought their only other option is I'm either going to be a mom or I have to kill the kid. They don't know that adoption is a huge option. And preborn stresses that adoption option like crazy. I want to thank three listeners, three guys who called in over the weekend to support preborn through the Bottom Line Show. Uh, I want to thank John in El Cajon for a $200 donation. John, thank you so much, one of our KNSN listeners. Also, Gene in Lakeside, a $500 donation, San Diego representing today. And then also, um, I want to shout out to Felix, who called in from Denver with a $28 donation. That $28 donation means that one more child has a chance to live, thanks to preborn. When women go to preborn clinics, they see the ultrasound. 85% of the time, that woman chooses life for the baby, either to release that child for adoption or to become a mom. And there's about a two year process then that begins. This is not one and done. You go to Planned Parenthood. You say, I think I might be pregnant. They say, when would you like your abortion? They give you the pill. You've got two visits with them and that's it. Oh, you want some birth control? The, 375,000 kids aborted last year at Planned Parenthood and the number of referrals for adoption was 1,800. Now you tell me what their motive is. But at Preborn, not only have they saved tens of thousands of babies every year for several years, the fact that Preborn actually placed sixty. Ultrasound machines in preborn clinics throughout the country in 2022. I don't have the final tally yet. I do know that last year, 10% of the ultrasound machines that were donated to preborn came from the bottom line show. You guys stepped up huge. And right now, you don't even have to wait for Giving Tuesday to take advantage of a, a, a special matching grant. A friend of the Ministry of Preborn said, Yes, let's make this money available to the bottom line show. So when you call 833-850-BABY, Felix made that $28 donation over the weekend in Denver. $28 now becomes $56. John in El Cajon made a $200 donation over the weekend. That $200 now becomes $400. Gene in Lakeside, a $500 donation becomes $1,000. Think of this. If you have been thinking, if God's been leading you, pressing on your heart to say, look, it's $15,000 for an ultrasound machine, and there's a match in place, Uh, double the money match. If you donate $7,500, then that makes it possible for another ultrasound machine to be placed right here in your backyard. If you make a $15,000 donation, that's two completely tax deductible and 100 percent of the money you donate to pre-born for this campaign for ultrasound machines goes to either ultrasound machines or the ultrasound appointments themselves they do separate fundraising for their administration and all the other you know electric bills and stuff like that so the money that you're donating here because of the bottom line show goes to that here's the best news not only are they saving 60 70,000 babies a year but the number of women who go to a preborn clinic and hear the gospel, they see it lived out. Boy, I'll tell you, it is remarkable. It's dramatic to see how many people, how many women, it was close to 10,000 last year, gave their hearts to the Lord because of the witness of the gospel that they received and the care that they got and the words that were shared with them at a preborn clinic. Can you imagine what would have happened if Brad Mintz's parents had been told while he was in the womb? Your son's going to be deaf, he's gonna have challenges with speech, he's gonna have challenges with learning because people won't be able to understand. what he says, why don't you just abort the baby? In 1984, uh, that wasn't an option, but you know, if, if Brad had been born in 1973, I mean, by 1984, he was always already 18 years old. But here's the thing for us as believers, this is a golden opportunity to literally save lives, not only save their physical bodies, but save their souls. Through the Ministry of Preborn. Your $28 donation saves one life and it's doubled to 56, which saves two. How has God blessed you and your family? How many children, how many grandchildren do you have? How many rainbow babies do you have that you're going to meet on the other side? How encouraging to one day stand before the throne and meet the people that your stewardship helped to save. Isn't that what it's all about? This life is but a vapor but our souls live on forever. That is the good news, and that's the bottom line.